Can we say amen for the team? What an anointed, blessed time. I'm telling you, I'm just, just so blessed. We're gonna, and we are gonna, we're gonna talk about family. I'm gonna read several verses and I, I need you to pay attention. If, how many of you brought your Bible? How many brought a Bible today? All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's, um, let's, let's, let's bring our Bibles. There is, there's, there's verses on the screen, but you know I don't always, every verse that we share is not necessarily on the screen. But so today, since only uh, 20% of y'all brought the Bible, I'm going to read the whole book of James just so that you got that in you. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll preach the word. No, I'm actually going to read all of chapter 3. And, and I do want you to pay attention because I'm not going to hit all of the verses uh, going back through the message. I'm just going to refer to them. So hear these out if you don't mind. Not many of you, this is verse number 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For we know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring put forth, pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Forever jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is shown in peace by those who make peace. Can you say amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are family. We are family. family. I want to, real quick, some of you may not know, I don't, I, I don't know if they're all there together, but the Cordova family, Pajas family lost uh, the father, Sal Cordova, uh, just an accident that was not expected. And, um, and so we, I want to pray for them. If you guys don't mind standing, just so we can put our hands that way. This was a sudden death. We're family. They're in family. They're with family. And we're just going to pray God's grace upon them. So just stretch your hands this way. Father, we, we are saddened and sorry for the loss 
of Mr. Cordova, know that it wasn't expected. Nothing would have gave any indication when anybody woke up that morning that they would be in this situation they're in right now. But this is what we know. You're a God of peace. You're a God of comfort. And you're a God that can be present even in the most difficult circumstances. This is a family that we love. This is a family that's loved by you. This is a family that loves you. And we're trusting the ministry and the presence of you in their life during this season that you indeed will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Now, I think everybody would admit and uh, would agree that, that family in itself can be Family's interesting, wouldn't you agree? Family dynamics uh, are interesting. And, and you know, the, the fact of it is, you know, you, you're, you're born into a family and, and family is, is born to you. And there, there's, there's no exchanges and there's no returns. I mean, it, you, you got who you got. And, uh, and that's, that's just the way, uh, the way it is. And, and we come to the conclusion, I think, most of us do, if we're honest, that no family is normal. No family is normal. That's a picture they put on TV to make us all feel inferior. I mean, we, no, no family uh, is, is normal. I heard a guy say that uh, family was, was like fudge, a whole lot of sweets and a whole lot of nuts. And, uh, and I, and I, I kind of almost believe that there was a there was a time in my life where I didn't think insanity ran through my family I thought insanity took a slow walk and visited everybody I mean just spent some time personally with everybody in the family and and you know when you and I had to go through this honestly with Virginia it was going to be one of the 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 first gatherings of Virginia with, with some of my extended family, not my children, uh, my extended family. And, you know, you, the whole time I'm driving to the place, I'm saying, now, listen, don't judge me by my relatives, right? Don't, don't judge me by my relatives. And I'm going through a preface, you know, this one's going to be here, and, and this person will just keep talking to you, can't hear a word you say in back, and we'll just keep talking. This one's a little pervy, just watch out for that one. I mean, that one's, the one sitting next to me, he may, he's acting like he's crazy, that's because he is. You know, you just, you know, you, 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 you just go through the whole thing, just, just the whole preface, please don't judge me by what, but what you, what you see. But I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this, and, and this is probably a little inside story. That's true. Whenever I think my family just can't get no more crazy, I'm going to tell you what I'll do. I'll go to the Yuma County Fair, and I'll walk around, and I'll observe folks for about 10 minutes. And when I finish doing that, I say, Yep, we all right. <laughs> we, we ain't that bad. We dang near royalty. I mean, we just ain't really that bad after observing other folks. But, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, what I love. And this certainly has been the truth uh, with the marriage and, and being in the blended family, which I'll share a little bit about. And, and you know this even if you don't have a blended family. The gift of family is there's a whole lot of amazing people that are in your life that you would probably never have been introduced to if they weren't in your family. And, and you got an opportunity to, to love some folks 
and, and have just celebrate life with people that if in the normal course of life, if it wasn't for birth or if it wasn't for marriage, you would probably never know them. And, and it's, it's a joy to be able to call people in our families brothers and sisters. No matter how much we don't get along, fight, squabble, all of those things, it, it's, it's a joy to call people brothers and sisters. And honestly, that's what James is dealing with here in this passage. Uh, I, I've been, we've been dealing with this, and I shared something with my CLG, which I don't know if I've said as a whole to everyone. I can honestly lead my family from the book of James because he's writing to family. He uses some strong language, but the things that he's talking about is how people in a community are to live together. And, and no matter, even though he may use words like demonic and unspiritual and adulterous, he constantly says to them, brothers and sisters. He's telling the family, he's talking to the family, he's addressing the family and letting them know this is how we do life. This is how we live together. This is how we become a community. We, and we love that. Of course, CTC is all about community. There'll be some folks going through the third session of Grow Track that'll, that'll, that have already become members and now will be released to serve after today because community, because of family. We, we do that in our CLGs. That's how we become community. That's how we become family. That's why we promote our life groups and we promote Grow Track because that's part of how we become because let's face it, somebody on this side may never meet anybody on this side unless you're in Grow Track together or CLG together or serve together. And that's what makes us community and that's what makes us family. And I'm so proud of all the folks who lead the various ministries from the life groups with uh, Jacob and Tyrone and Karina over the Grow Tracks. People just do a great, great job and we're so, so grateful. But James to me, if I could say this, he kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent because he had earlier talked about the tongue. You might remember this in chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. He said, he said and actually even earlier in the chapter, he said that, listen, here's the things that we need to look out for. We, we need to be slow to, slow, uh, quick to hear and slow to speak. And then later on in that chapter, he says, if you really call yourself religious, then you need to learn how to bridle your tongue. And, and so right there in the first part of his letter, he dealt with the, the issue of the tongue. But if, if, you, if you allow me to imagine something for a moment, I, I honestly think, though, James, because there's no way to bridge verse 26 of chapter 2 when he's talking about faith and works and just go into the tongue. He goes from faith and works and then starts again talking to them or writing them about the tongue. I, I don't think there's no way he could have done that unless he was wrapping up his letter because it's full. Chapter 1 and chapter 2 is full of good principles and full of the gospel. He covers stuff from how we deal with the poor, how we talk to each other, how we handle trials, how we work out our faith, how we express our faith, how we deal with our money. I mean, he talked about so many things. I almost want to imagine that James had finished writing and was just sitting back and the whole issue of the tongue just kept eating at him, eating at him, eating at him. That, that the tongue is a big issue and they need to get it. And he just busts back out. And, and, you know, I have been guilty of, and people will tell me that, that I'll have thoughts in my head. But what comes out of my mouth is somewhere in the middle of my thoughts or toward the end. And people look at me like, what the heck were you thinking? 
to just make that statement. You didn't take us there at all. I mean, we don't know where that came from. And James does that. He goes from faith and works. And then all of a sudden he says, you know what? None of y'all should really be teachers anyway. Like, how do you go from faith and works to say, none of y'all should really be teachers? I think James got to thinking about, you know, this tongue issue is serious. It's real. And he says the reason why many of us should not be teachers is, is because if, if, you, if you rush into it and you don't recognize how the tongue can have an effect upon people's life, then you don't really count the cost of what it means to be one who uses your tongue to teach people and at the same time as we see down earlier, use that same tongue to do some damage. And this is what James says. Any of us that are teachers, we come under a greater judgment, a, a, a greater judgment. Not just necessarily our life. He's keeping us in context because how you use the tongue, if you're one that represents the almighty God and teaching and preaching and yet use that tongue for other things, James said, no, you, you, that's, a, that's a judgment there that you really need to consider. And then James says this, none of us are perfect in our, with our tongue anyway. None of us are perfect. And, and so James is saying it's already hard enough to use it rightly and then to be a teacher and a preacher and, and then add that to your life. He says it's hard enough. He says none of us are perfect with the tongue. He says as a matter of fact, if somebody was perfect with the tongue, they could be perfect in every area of their life. Isn't that amazing how this little thing James is saying, if you can control this, you can control every area of your life if you can just control that tongue. Some of you, and I'm dating myself, I know, but you remember what Flip Wilson used to say? Used to say Loose lips sink ships. And, and, and basically that's what James is saying. James is saying, and he, he goes on to, to run through this. Uh, James is saying that, that the tongue can ruin the world. The tongue can take, turn harmony into chaos. The tongue can throw mud up on people's reputation. The, the, the tongue can show your hostility to God. Think about that. The tongue can show how you really feel about God. And then James goes on to say, the tongue can send you right to hell. Right to hell. I was going to wait till next week to deal with this. Saw the movie Come Sunday about Bishop Carlton Pearson. Let me just tell you something about Bishop Carlton Pearson. When I first started CTC, I went to Tulsa because he had one of the most phenomenal churches of multicultural relationships, uh, multicultural church that was in America, in Tulsa. And it was phenomenal that he had that kind of multicultural, multi-generation church in, in, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I went there to Higher Dimensions and stayed a week there just to learn some things of how things is done. And, and some of you probably will see this movie, may not see this movie, but it's about him going to a place to where doctrinally he ended up losing the church and everything because he came to the conclusion that everybody is saved, that they don't have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and there is no hell. James says, your tongue can send you to hell. So I don't know, that pretty much does that, I think. I think I'm going to drink to that one. So if James said it, I'm, I'm sure believing it. Here's what's scary. Look at verse number 7 and 8, and I think this will be on the screen. Listen to this. He says, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. 
but no one can tame the tongue. Listen to this. You know what? You ought to turn to your neighbor, especially husbands and wives, and say, you know what? It ain't your fault. (laughs) It ain't your fault. You can't do nothing with that thing anyway. It's, It's not your fault. He says, no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And then he makes it a little bit more complex. He says, none of us can tame it. And then he makes it even more, you can almost feel the pain of James writing this when he says, sometimes we use our tongue to praise our Lord and Father. And at the same time, we use it to curse people that was made in the image of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, that ought to get you right there. Because I think all of us has been in that situation. Well, we've, we've used our tongue to praise God and worship God right here in the sanctuary between 9.45 and 11 o'clock and then get in the car and use that same tongue to just put somebody down, to cut them up, to use some kind of language, the same tongue. And then let somebody call while you're driving after you've done that. Oh, praise the Lord, Pastor. Same tongue. Am I talking to the right church? And, and it ought to affect us. We ought to, we ought to feel that. This is, this, James is saying this, this should not be. He says, he says, so blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth. Listen how James says it so affectionately. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. It's not right. And it has to be fixed. There has to be a cure. But, but how can that be? If you look down at verse number 11, and, and I'm telling you, I'm going to use some exegetical, hermeneutical stuff here that probably if most of you were studying this scripture would come up and say, I don't know how he came up with that, but I'm the pastor. Today I'm going to do it. I'm just going to tell you what I, came, what I thought about when James said this. Because James says, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? And, and when I thought about that, when I thought about James saying, that no one can tame the tongue, but also can a, can, a, can a spring bring forth bitter water and fresh water at the same time. I got to tell you where my mind went. M- my mind went to the children of Israel when they were traveling and Moses was leading those folks. And some of these verses are on the, the screen. And, and they came to a place where they, they hadn't had water for days. As a matter of fact, I think maybe all of this may be on the screen. It says, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, which means bitter, by the way, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Now, now can I just tell you where I went with that? Because remember the scripture says, no man can tame the tongue. And if the tongue is left to ourselves, it will always be used to curse people. And it will always be used to be bitter and at the same time try to bring sweet. But the only thing that made this water go from bitter to sweet was the tree. The only tree that can tame us is the tree of Calvary on the cross. 
The only thing that can be thrown at us or given to us that if we embrace it can take us from being bitter to sweet, whether it be heart, whether it be mind, whether it be tongue, is the tree of Calvary's cross. It's the only thing that will turn us from being bitter to sweet. Y'all think, is that good? That's good preaching, Pastor. I think that's good preaching. And so James then is is saying, this is the deal. He's saying the tongue's got to be changed. It's by no means that James don't want more teachers. All of us want more teachers. Any of us in the body of Christ, any of us as pastors and leaders, we want more teachers, but James is saying just get the tongue in order. We want people to worship and praise God with their mouth, but just get the tongue in order. We want people to love on people and speak kindly of them and speak well of them, but just get the tongue in order. In order, And then James makes this, and he tells us how to get that tongue in order. I think he alludes to it by using those illustrations. I could talk about the analogy of the fig tree. I could talk about the analogy of the olive tree. All of those represent Israel, and all of them point back to the cross. James is talking to people that gets it. He's pointing them to Jesus and saying the only way to get this fixed is giving yourselves over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And then he, then he says, now, here, here's the real deal. He, he finishes this portion of his letter saying, the reason all this is important is because we're community. We're family. And, and we need to learn how to live together as family. Now, 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 most of you know that there's a lot of things that can bring us together. Country clubs can. Uh, athletic teams can. Um, coworkers working at the same places can bring us together. There's a lot of things that can bring us together as people. And, and we do what we can to those, and, but, but we know this, a lot of times that doesn't have the same sense of loyalty. Because whenever that, whatever brought that relationship together, whether it be just coworkers or, again, country clubs, events, working on committees, whenever that's over, then more than likely that relationship could possibly be over. There's really not a whole lot to lose. Uh, you may not contact the people anymore, may not talk with them anymore. Um, it, it just, it's just over. And that's the end of it. But that's not the case with the church. You see, that's not the case with the body of Christ. I, I, I don't know if y'all get this, but, but we in this together forever. I mean, there is no quitting. There is no say, you know, I, I, I'm going to stay connected to Jesus, but I'm quitting y'all. You, you, you can't do that. We in the body of Christ. So this stuff like this stuff about, you know, I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church, eh, that don't work. It don't work. We are in the body of Christ. The Spirit of God has baptized us all in, and we're all family. We're all family. There's no quitting on this. Turn to your neighbor again and say, we family. And listen what Ephesians 2.19 says. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. That's who we are as a church. We've been brought together by the Spirit of God. It's not by natural birth, but by spiritual birth. And so when we come together, and again, CTC is one of the best reflections of this in America. We can come together as African-Americans, as Asians, as Hispanics, as Caucasian, and sit together with one another and know that we family. We marry each other. We celebrate life with each other. It's one of the best reflections of it because we get it. But our heart and our minds need to get that with everybody in the community. Everybody in the community that we're family with everyone. 
And so we don't want to use our tongue to harm people. We don't want to use our tongue to speak ill of folks. We don't want our actions to cause the family to be hurt. Am I, am I talking to the right church? And so James says this then. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. James is saying if this stuff is going on in your heart, then your mouth is going to show it. That's going to cause damage. This is not the wisdom that comes from God, but it's earthly and it's unspiritual. It's demonic, strong word. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every type of vile practice. And if I was going to take the time, I could break all of that down and let you know what all that is. But just let me just simply tell you what James is saying. He says, we, we, we're in a community. We call it church. And, and, and God has designed church and us being together as a family so that we live well, that we live wisely, that we live humbly. That's God's desire. And being mean-spirited to one another, it's just not cool. It's just, it's just not cool. Y'all all right with that? Can I, can I say it's just, it's just not cool? Burst, boasting and twisting ourselves and, 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 and bragging and saying a whole bunch of nonsense to other folks to make them feel bad, that's, that's just not cool. That's just not what we should do. So, so James is saying whenever you try to look better and, and put other folks down, James says, let me tell you what happens to the community. It starts falling apart, and we end up at each other's throats. You know as well as I know, that's not good for a family. I'm talking about a natural family, and it's sure not good for the spiritual family. I like what Joni, Joni Erickson Tata said. She said this, believers are never told to become one. We are already one and are expected to act like it. Already one, expected to act like it, so we're family. I'm going to uh, just quickly, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually about ready to, to, to wrap this up. But, but I, you know, I've, I, I know many uh, folks among our congregation who have blended families. Uh, I know the, the Johnsons. I've probably talked to them more about blended families than anybody. Never had, never had experienced one. And, and so I knew going in that having a blended family was going to be, uh, be different. And, and, the, and the truth of it is um, blended family of adults. Now, now some of y'all got issues with blended family because y'all still got to deal with baby mamas and baby daddies and all that kind of stuff. Make a man want to go crazy, right? Some of y'all got to still deal with that. But I knew we were blending a family of all adults who got their own families and carved out their own lives and, and have their own ways of thinking, been raised in a certain way. No time in this kind of situation to change their patterns and and uh, change their friends and all of that kind of stuff. It was going to take some blending that was deliberate. And one of the things that uh, Virginia and I did that we wanted to make deliberate was to have family nights once a week. And that's where all the adult families and all the grandkids who can tear up my house in less than two minutes. But all the grandkids, all the kids come together every Tuesday night just to have family night just so that they learn one another and learn how to love one another and how to communicate with one another, how to celebrate life together with one another. And, and knowing that we come from different backgrounds and was raised differently and different thought processes and the whole nine yards. But, but can I tell you what I've seen? And I'm telling you, I believe the same about the church. 
to see folks that have their own lives, own mindsets, brought different, come together and see the beauty of each one's characteristics. And, and to see how each one has a relationship with the other person. It, it's almost just like some good old soup with a whole bunch of good old ingredients. And you give it some time and it just simmers and simmers and you can't wait to taste it. And, 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 and that's what I've seen and I appreciate what, what each of them done. And to hear them call each other brother and sister. That's the picture of the church. That's what God is trying to do with us as a church. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out with this because this is what James said. He said, but the wisdom from above is first of all, all pure. It is also peace loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Listen to what James is saying. James is saying, when we're all in this together, when we're family, we'll live like community. We'll live with wisdom. We'll live with the wisdom that God gives us. We'll live a holy life. It's a life that's characterized by us, by us getting along with one another and loving one another and being gentle and being reasonable and overflowing with goodness and blessings. I want to play, I'm going to show that last verse. If I think I have it in the message. Do I have that for the screen? I, I love how the message does this last verse. And we'll, you can stand, as a matter of fact. We're going to wrap up with this. But listen, listen to how this is worded in the message. And, and, and tell me if you don't want to look at the person next to you and say, I want some of that. Listen to this. James says, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. How many would say, I want some of that? I want some of that. And so I'm going to do two things, actually. I'm just going to do two things. I'm going to pray for family as a whole, just family. And then I'm going to pray for those of you here who want to be part of the family of God. So let's, let's bow our heads if we would, and then we'll, we'll go into a, just a brief time of worship. Father, I, 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 think, I think we get it. James James kind of went off on a tangent, but he went off on a tangent for a good reason. He, he was concerned about the community. He was concerned about the people getting along with each other. They were dealing with persecution. There was challenges going on. Some of them were being scattered. Some was getting aggravated, agitation. I can imagine all the things that was going on in the church of Jerusalem. And James says, listen, we're a family. We're in community. We got to do this right. We got to be gentle. We got to be kind. We got to, we got to get that tongue under control that we might have a robust, a robust community where we live with each other with gentleness and wisely and humbly and just love each other like a family. Father, that I, I pray. First of all, I want to thank you for the family that gathers at CTC. It's, it's, it's a joy to serve a, an amazing church, a great church. I'm, I'm so grateful, Lord God, for everyone who has just invested their lives week after week, for many of them day after day, to have a community here where people can come and feel safe and loved and accepted, not be concerned about being judged, but always, Lord God, knowing that they're going to experience God and they're going to experience the life of God through other people. And I pray you continue to help us to do that and help us in our leadership and help us to continue to to. to grow in that manner of love and acceptance and being a family. 
But Lord, I also pray for families here. I, I don't know everybody's situation. I, I don't know everything that's happening with everyone, Lord God, that is standing before us now. Some, some, Lord, some families here are going through grief. Some families, Lord God, may have came into this building today and might have had a concern that this man and this woman, this might be the last time they walk in this building together. Some children might have came into this building, Lord God, very much concerned of what's happening with their family, what they may be seeing with their parents, maybe what, what they're experiencing at home. Some, Lord God, some families here, they may be at a crisis, and they're seeking you and they're praying, but they need you to intervene. There may be some families here, Lord God, who are at their wit's end, a total loss of what's next and what to do next for the good, maybe of their life, their marriage, their, their children, their family. And this is what I know. The same God that sent his son on the cross to take bad things, dead things, and make them alive is the same God who's able to take these situations and make them right. And Father, I'm believing you. I'm trusting you. Again, not knowing everybody's situation, but I stand in agreement by faith with every family member here. Whatever their prayer is, whatever their concern is, whatever their cry is, we've joined hands together as a family. We love one another. We mean it when we join hands together. And Lord, I want them to know that we're standing with them. And Lord, I'm, I'm believing that you are going to be very present in their life. So Father, I'm asking you for grace. I'm asking you for grace in the name of the Lord. I'm going to ask you to keep your, your head bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. We talked about family. We talked about being family. And I'm, you might even shared with someone next to you that we are family. And I hope you have a good natural family. But I'm going to tell you something. The best family is the family of God. That's the best family. And, and if you're here today and you, and you, have, not, you have not yet become part of this family, which, which the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross that you might become that that you might be part of his family, which makes you part of our family, makes you part of the church. If you haven't made that decision yet, to be part of the family of God, on the one hand, if no matter how good your family is on, on your natural family, this family's a whole lot better. And at the same time, no matter what you're experiencing in the family that you're living in, I do know this, this is a family of peace and of love and of gentleness and of acceptance. And not only that, it's a family of liberation. It's a family of victory. It's a family of celebration. It's a family of life. It's a family of redemption. And I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna overwhelm you. But but I, I do I do want to ask you this: If you're here and you're not yet part of the family of God, you haven't made a commitment to be part of this family, and you want to make that commitment today, I'm just gonna ask you to hold your hand up. Just let me see you. You can look at me, hold your hand up, and then you can put that hand down. If you want to be part of that family, I'm going to count to three. Just lift up your hand. If you want to be part of that family, one, two, three, just lift up your hand. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young man. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, young man. God bless you. That's five hands that say, I want to be part of the family. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the almighty God. God bless you. We're going to wrap this up. Prayer team, if you'll come. I'm going to close out those of you 
that raise your hand and said you want to be part of the family, you can do one or two things. You can come down, you can talk to someone, you can let them know I raised my hand to be part of the family and somebody will pray with you. Or you can let us know on the connect card in front of you. You can fill it out, say, hey, I raised my hand to give my life to Christ to be part of this family. And then you can put that in the, the, in the, in the box. And we certainly want to follow up, follow up with you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to close out with a prayer. There may be other needs that you have. The altar will be open. Whatever those needs are, you can come. Let's do this together. Can we pray together? Will you just close your eyes? Let's pray with those five that lifted their hands. And let's just pray together. Let's do this out loud. Father, we thank you that you have given me an opportunity to be part of this family. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And he died for my sins. Today I make a commitment to live my life for you. I'm looking forward to enjoying life in this family. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a praise.